Hello, welcome to Group 8's podcast, or third podcast on Frankenstein. I'm Emma. I'm June. I'm Dana. I'm Brandon. And I'm Jonah. And we're going to start off by doing a 30-second summary of chapters 21 to chapters um, to chapter 23. And the letters. And the letters. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. So, Victor finds out that Henry died um, on the shore, and Victor was accused of his death. And so, halfway to see if he was to see if Victor actually killed him, they brought him in to see the dead body, and he fell into a sickness. And it turned out the monster actually killed him. And that was sort of a leading factor of his illness. That's 30 seconds. Okay. That's tough. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. All right. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so after Victor is exonerated from prison for accusedly killing his friend Henry, he goes to see his father and they go to France together. And while they're in France, he confesses that he created the monster and his father thinks he's insane. Then Elizabeth sends him a letter concerning their wedding and if they're still going to wed. And then Victor assures her they will. And then Victor and Elizabeth get married. And on the wedding night, Victor convinces Elizabeth to go to bed and patrols the halls armed to fight the monster. That's 30 seconds. Okay. That is hard. That was good, though. Um, Am I supposed to go where you left? Who is third? You're third, right? No, you're summarizing chapter 21 through 23. Yeah, am I supposed to go? Okay, um, Mm -hmm. so Victor was confronted by, um, Henry's death and the people, he was like, I guess they were confronting him and saying that he was guilty. And just to make sure that he was or wasn't, um, he was shown the body and he like acted in terror. And after that, he, um, got sick. And then his father came to visit him in prison, and uh, he went home. Um, He recovered partly, and Elizabeth writes him the letter, and they eventually get married. That's 30 seconds. And on the wedding night, I remember they went to a cottage. They were taking a walk. That's 30 seconds. And Victor sent Elizabeth back to go to sleep, and the monster ended up killing Elizabeth. And later on, Victor, he goes and tells his father, and... His father dies. Is she not hear two us? Later. I don't think she can hear us. That was a good summary. You just went a little over the 30 seconds. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 I don't think that she can hear us. Uh, it's okay. It's a good summary. Yeah. Okay. Hello? 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 I, I don't think I can hear anyone. Yeah. She can't hear us. Uh, while we figure out the um, audio issues, I'll try and summarize. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. All right. So Victor's brought back to the village. He's accused of killing Henry, and then he's shown the body, and then he gets really sick because he's, like, disgusted and realizes the monster does it, goes to France with his dad. Then uh, he gets married, 
and on the wedding night they go to a family cabin and during the family cabin the monster kills um elizabeth and then oh that's 30 seconds that was a good summary thanks all right jenna your turn ready to start yeah three two one go so body uh which is henry's dead body is discovered and victor comes back at around the same time so they think that he did it because he shows up near the body um so they're like taking him into custody and they take him to see the body with like the whole group and he gets sick which kind of shows them that he didn't do it but they still take him to trial in prison because there's not really another option but then he gets proven innocent and oh that's 30 seconds okay who do you guys think did the best um, I think June did, and um, Dana said she kind of did the whole thing. I, I think Dana did the best, but she went over like <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can she hear us now, or are we still having audio issues? Uh, I think she would have said if she could hear us. So what are we going to do about that? We just gonna uh, we'll just... We'll uh, just hello, uh, can you guys hear now? Yeah. Can, oh, okay. I can hear you guys too now. Okay, okay. okay there we Yay. go. Cool, perfect. So, I'll start off with the first question. Um, In a fever after the death of Clairval, Frankenstein imagines the creature attacking him. Towards morning, I was possessed by a kind of nightmare. I felt the friend's grasp in my neck and could not feel myself from it. Groans and cries rang in my ear. Besides the monster actually killing Victor, what could this foreshadow or symbolize? Um, so I think the uh, the death of Victor in his dream is the end of his like cowardice. I think after this instance, we start to see him try and face the monster some more. So he starts to take more responsibility instead oh, yeah. of running away. That's definitely true. I didn't think about it that way. That's a really good point, Brandon. Because like from this point on, he's like kind of filled with vengeance, and it's like, can you guys hear me? Yeah. 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 You're doing a good job my little audio sign wasn't going on um but yeah from this point on just like you said he takes like a whole different initiative and hunts down the monster instead of running away from it and cowering from it yeah i think it's like the end of his character arc in a way where like he's finally grown up and like gotten his maturity and he's really just started to actually act like a how he should yeah and honestly i think the fact that like he couldn't free himself from the monster's like grasp i think it shows that like he's changed too late and even though now he's like different he's still i think like in the end he just changed too late and that like he won't be able to escape anything yeah he can't escape like the monster's grasp and like having the monster in his life because it's too late at this point yeah, the uh, the monster already vowed to be like at his wedding day, so it's kind of too late for him to try and stop the impending doom. Yeah, similar to what all you guys are saying, um, like the having the monster grasp his neck in his dream, it show kind of shows how like the monster is um, 
making him feel enclosed and making him feel like he needs to isolate himself to be able to deal with his problems and him um this dream kind of symbolizes him having like a clear mind and like finally focusing on what he needs to be doing and what he needs he should be doing with his problems instead of letting this monster control him and isolate him any other thoughts and opinions Does anyone want to read the second question? I'll read it. Given the creature's threat to be with you on your wedding night, why does Victor get married anyway? In what ways does he seem resigned to his fate at this point? I think going back to the other question, when we talked about him being like finally um, changing his character and getting dirty, he kind of just, it's the same thing for this question. He's just finally um, wanted to do something about the creature and he wants to just let everything go about how it's going to happen. And he's just trying to finally end the, that he has with it. Yeah. Like he's finally, he finally wants to face his own problems and try and face them yeah um i totally agree with what you guys are saying but like i kind of felt like he was still kind of in denial like the monster wouldn't actually kill elizabeth or something like that just like deep down in his mind he still had that like little part of him that still like thought that way so i don't know i feel like he was almost acting a little bit selfish, deciding to um, marry Elizabeth, knowing that the monster would kill her. I think I he misunderstood. I think he thought the monster was going to kill him. I don't think he oh, yeah. like thoroughly thought that yeah, maybe I Elizabeth got that was too. the target. And so I think uh, he gets you know married anyways because he he has decided to finally face the monster for a final time either with the monster's death or his death. And I also think if he's going to die, I think he wants to be happy. And Elizabeth was like that source of happiness for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree more with Brandon because I feel like at this point, he fully knows how capable the monster is because it killed his younger brother, framed their housemaid, um, and killed Henry. So at this point, I think he's like... He knows that the monster is going to attack him or someone, but he's just so self-absorbed. He, like, doesn't even think, like, it's not even in his mind that it could be going after Elizabeth and only worries about himself because he thinks it's going to come after him. He just wants to face it. For sure. And I think it's super selfish because even if he dies, now his fiance is a widow, you know? He just died on their wedding day, and that's, like, also super sad to be young and get married. Yeah. And he never even intended to, like, tell her what was happening because in the letter he wrote her when she was, like, asking if they were still going to get married, she was like, he was like, yeah, I want to get married, but there's this terrible secret I have to tell you. And he promised to tell her the day after the wedding. So he thought he was going to get killed or he was going to kill the monster. But either way, he didn't think he was going to live to that day. So he intended to never tell her what was happening, which was kind of messed up. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I never thought of that. 
Yeah, like even if he evolved in certain ways to be able to really want to face the monster and not run anymore, he's still the same selfish person that he was throughout the whole book, just showing it in a different way. Yeah, like he's still yeah. running away from the confront, like people confronting him about it because he doesn't want people to know that he created it or that even exists. Are you guys ready to move on, or...? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so the third question is, this section brings another parallel between Frankenstein and Walton. They are both faced with demands from a third party. The creature demands that Frankenstein make a companion. Walton's crew demands they turn back from for home before they all die. As we know, Frankenstein ultimately refuses while Walton obeys. Walton has many similarities to Frankenstein, but he ultimately falls short of Frankenstein extremists. Compare and contrast their characters. What do they have in common and where do they differ? So uh, we're comparing and contrasting Frankenstein and Walton. Okay, okay. so, sorry, go ahead. I keep talking. Okay, thanks. Um, I think that they fr- they resemble each other in many ways in their desire for friendship and like how they're like lonely, you know, and they're both really curious and ambitious is what I think I would describe them as. And what I think is that Walton kind of represents like a possibility for a victim like a future for victor like he's like wrecked by his own ambitions and like he's just completely destroyed by himself yeah Yeah. i agree with that because he kind of they're both like um very driven by their goals in life and that's really all they want to achieve they're not really looking for connections with people they're not really looking for romanticism like they're um and they're they're just only driven by a desire for discovery yeah i agree more with jonah as in they both share this they both still share that desire to like desire to gain info but for fame not like really bettering themselves and i kind of saw um Walton as a younger Victor who had yet to learn like he hasn't had that life-changing discovery that changed him in a bad way like Victor had with creating the monster he hasn't experienced that yet so Victor was trying to like warn him about what the pursuit of knowledge and how it might change him but he hasn't gone through that like Victor yet yeah I agree Jean but I also think Walton like as the captain of the ship has a different responsibility than Victor because as a captain he's responsible for the lives of like the entire crew which is kind of different from dealing with a monster that you made that's not even human so I think that's where we see the difference in their extremism yeah and both of the characters they kind of have to live and learn and make mistakes to be able to come out as their full potential as a character yeah um i also think that another difference they share is like 
the way I'm kind of looking at it, Celis, well, in this, like, the younger version of um, Victor, is how... If, like Walton actually attends to his family and like close loved ones because like in the last part of the book it's all letters to his sister right Victor never um never was the one who would reach out to his close loved ones or his family it was always them reaching out to him like he'd never bothered to write them letters he'd only write them back when they wrote him and I saw that as another difference and to add on to that, um, or I guess to say that in a different way, they're kind of just like they have the same personality, but at a different level of how extreme it is. Because Victor is like at the level where he's completely secluded, completely selfish. But then Walton has more of like a less of that sort of attitude and less ambitious. He's more like focused on the smaller things in life and not just only focusing on his goals. I kind of just saw it as Walton was a lot more responsible socially. Like, he took other people's opinions and, like, actually noticed them and thought about them when the only opinion Victor really cared about was his own. Yeah, we see in the beginning of the book, Victor becomes, like, so caught up in his work that um, he doesn't even bother to, like, write to his family or to Elizabeth when they were writing to him. Yeah, that's what I was trying to yeah. go off of. Yeah. Okay, is that it for question number three? I can read number four. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so number four asks, what does it mean to be a monster? Who is the real monster in Frankenstein? Is Victor the well-intentioned yet troubled scientist a monster? Or is his creation the monster? Are they both monsters in their own way? I think that they're both monsters, but in different ways. Because Victor, by choice, does a bunch of not really great things. He's really selfish about other people or what they think and he really just tries to um, do whatever he wants without any backlash but then with the creation it really didn't do anything wrong till it was outcast and ridiculed by society and Victor and initially it wasn't a monster it was just a like brand new creature that didn't know what the world was but then it was turned into a monster by um Victor and townspeople who just hated it and did not show anything positive and only negative. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thanks. Um, I totally agree with what you said, and I think that makes Victor a monster because he was so unethical. Like, in the first place, when he tried to, to create life, that, that goes against, like, a lot of ethics and things like that. And the fact that after he created this life, he just completely, like, abandoned it and everything just to make it be turned, like, turned into a monster. I think that makes him seem really cruel and almost cowardly. So I'm going to have to disagree with your point. I think both of them are monsters, but instead of for different reasons, I think Victor and the monster, or Victor and the creature, are monsters for the same thing, and that is their naivety. Because Victor makes a, he's like, 
he's uh he makes life you know kind of as a god would and then he like foolishly doesn't face the consequences and that's kind of his downfall and so that's an example of his like naive naivety but then the monster is naive because he just doesn't know any better so i think that's how they both end up as monsters Yeah, I, I kind of agree more with um, Dana and Jonah about how Victor is more of a monster because Victor has, like, he has, he's a grown dude. Like, he knows what he's doing is wrong ethically and morally. He just doesn't care. And the monster is shown at the beginning, like they said, to, like, be pretty innocent, like, not inherently bad. Like, there's several times where it shows compassion. It's just that repeatedly gets rejected over and over and over, which leads it to just do these horrible, horrific things because no one ever taught it right from wrong or like what is too far. So I think they're both mon like they're both monsters in their own way. The monster is just a monster because he doesn't know when to stop. And Victor is just a horrible person. <laughs> I think that I can see what Brandon is saying with the naivety because that is both a huge flaw that they each have but I think that there's other things that makes them more of a monster than that their naivety would but that is a common trait between um and yeah they would probably be more similar if um the monster wasn't like initially good he was just initially a monster in both personality and looks instead of just being rejected and being turned into one molded by the hate that he received. Yeah, I, I think what I was trying to say was Victor was naive because he thought he could be a god and then not take responsibility for his actions. And that's what makes him, as you guys say, like cruel and a bad person. And that's where I was coming from. Any other thoughts? Um, I think we're good. All right. Yeah, could probably end it then. Okay, that was the end of our third podcast. Thanks for tuning in.